and I'm someone who likes roses and lavender. Like I mm-hmm. want to smell pretty. <laughs> yeah. And I'm getting charged more for it. That's not cool. Yeah. Like, like I have bought men's deodorant, but I don't want to smell like the woods. Yeah. <laughs> like, the names are so woods. funny. If I'm going to smell like woods, it better be a fairy woods. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Literally, if I were to go off the rails and embrace the divine feminine in like the most freeing sense, I always tell my family this. I'm like, don't be surprised when I just fall off the face of the earth and somehow you like find a photo of me running through like the woods naked, like in a cottage picking oh berries. Like, that's yes. my dream. Genuinely. That's the goal. Welcome, Your Majesty, to the Princess Project Podcast. I'm your host, Cassidy Cagney, and I'm an L.A. princess. For what is a princess if not a leader? And what is a leader if not someone who advocates for change? Here to empower, equip, and inspire our future feminine leaders. This kingdom welcomes royals of all kinds, So whether you're a prince or a princess, a king or a queen, or any royal in between, put on your crown and pull up your seat, for the podcast is about to begin. Welcome, Your Majesty, to the Princess Project Podcast. I'm your host, Cassidy Cagney, and I am an L.A. princess helping you to live your royal life. Today, I am joined by Bo Electra, and I have been following her on TikTok for probably like a year plus and I just finished the interview with her and we had such a blast we recorded probably like three episodes worth of recording content um but (laughs) I don't know how I'm gonna edit this but I will and I am so excited to introduce you to her she is Aphrodite's favorite. Um, As I've been planning our episode and thinking about our episode over the past two, three weeks, it has been on my mind. The phrase that keeps popping up in my head is Aphrodite's favorite. She is a musician. She's a magical queen and master of the divine feminine. She has a very special relationship with Aphrodite and it has helped her embrace her feminine side in a really powerful way that um, she can use to draw strength from herself and her femininity. And I think this is important to talk about because in the face of capitalism and patriarchy, femininity is targeted um, and positioned as a weakness, right? We have all experienced that, that feminine traits have been equated with weakness in our society. So for one reason or another, um, lots of us tend to suppress that energy or to hide it from others in order to be taken seriously at work, perhaps, or to not be made fun of as much at school, or even um, to make our love interests interested in us. I went through all of that. I suppressed my femininity because I did not think anyone would want to date me if I was too feminine, because they wouldn't be able to relate to me. I suppressed my femininity with the idea that no one would take me seriously um, in the workforce. And I got made fun of for wearing leopard print at school when I was a sixth grader um, by some older girls. And I can still remember that moment 
you know, that might have been the moment where I started to suppress my femininity. But a lot of people could probably relate to that. And Bo Electra, by following her, has inspired me to embrace and accept and love my feminine side and use my femininity to empower myself and accept myself. She accesses her feminine power through her relationship with Aphrodite and through her music. And who better to learn from than the goddess of femininity and her favorite student, right? Femininity can help give one confidence, strength, and resilience um, that if I just accept who I am, especially parts of myself that I've been told to be ashamed of, it can enhance my life. And it's really been releasing myself of the shame and judgment in my life, especially towards my femininity. I'm very much on my feminine journey. You know, there's a reason why I am an LA princess and we have a princess project podcast going on. Um, And I am so excited to talk to Bo today and get her insight and guidance. Um, (laughs) And I'm so excited for you all to hear this episode. We had so much fun. Welcoming her to the kingdom has just been so wonderful. Oh, I'm just so psyched. So without any further ado, let me introduce you to Bo Electra. Hello, Bo Electra. Welcome to the show. Hi. Oh, my friend, I am so happy to have you on the show. I have been following you for, like I said, like a year plus. It's crazy. And you have helped me like embrace who I am in terms of like my feminine uh, side. And so I'm just so excited to introduce my listeners to you and get to know you a little bit more. I also live in LA. No way. Why haven't we hung out? <laughs> I, I would be such a fangirl. Yeah. I let's hang out. So, okay. Bo Electra princess, queen, Aphrodite's favorite. Would you please tell our viewers a little bit about you uh, before we get going? What's your, what's your deal, my friend? I feel like a Barbie where I live (laughs) so many lives, you know, just like short term, but so many things. I was um, a gymnast. Ooh. Trained at the Olympic Training Center. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Career ending injury, switched to ballet, ended up in a company by 15, dancing professionally. So like, that's crazy. And then more recently left my company, got my yoga teacher instruction, like studied with monks, did all of that, really tapped more into my spirituality. And then I moved to LA a little bit impulsively, like way sooner than I thought I would. <laughs> now I'm currently working on music, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, I can't wait to tell them all about your music. I'm so excited. That's- oh, my friend. Okay, so you said you moved to Los Angeles a little impulsively? Oh, yeah. This is totally the place for that. Oh, is it? Like if you're going to move somewhere impulsively, it's going to be Los Angeles. Right. It's actually so crazy. Like, it's impulsive, but also so like divinely timed and expected. Like Mm. when I was younger, I think I was nine or 10. I came to LA 
one time with my family, which is like such a weird place. Like we just, <laughs> it was just random. And Did you go to Disneyland? Huh? Did you go to Disneyland? Was that the draw? Maybe? I to Disneyland. Isn't that crazy? Girl, I'm I like, will take you. Never mind. I will take you. I'm like, I'm a little pixie and I love Disney and I lived in Florida. So Disney World and everyone here is like, oh, don't go to Disneyland. Like world is so much better. I'm like, you don't understand. They're different. They're different, but they have good draws for both. Yeah. And I've never been. Girl, I will take you. My fiance is a Disney influencer. So he knows like all of the, all the secrets, all the tricks. Oh my gosh. Let's do it. Wonderful. Oh, so you came to, to LA that first time and what did it make you feel? I swear I've explained it to my family every time that I've been in LA and in the, the California area since then. I was like, I don't know what it is about this place, this land, like the energy, like courses through my veins and it's like, I leave it and I get homesick. And mm. the first time I was here, I was on Venice beach and eating brunch with my family in a restaurant, like sitting outside. And this crazy lady, I was like nine, this like crazy person, like ran into the restaurant, came directly to our table, which is so strange. And like slammed her hand down in front of me and leaned into my face and said something so like vulgar and attackative and then ran away. And my family all looked at me in shock, like, oh my God, like, what just happened? <laughs> and I looked at them, no response other than just like, I said, my dad told me this a few months ago, because you looked at me, it was the weirdest thing. And you just go, I'm going to live here one day. <laughs> she was like, we didn't know how to respond to that. We thought we were going to have to like get you therapy or something, <laughs> like immediate therapy. And I literally just looked at him and was like, I'm going to live here. <laughs> that is so, so amazing. And so you've been here ever since? Yeah, I came out, um, didn't really have like a place to stay. Like I came impulsively, didn't book a return flight, was living with her. Oh, amazing. How long ago was that? That was in, um, I think I moved here like the mid-March. So not too long ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Not that long ago. I'm a newbie. Oh wait, did you say March? Yeah. Oh, Okay. Then I got here at the same time. Oh my God, I love that dress. I did not totally handle the transition super well. I definitely panicked, like minorly panicked. Did you deal with anything like that? Oh yeah, of course. I came out here and like, it felt so right, but also because it was so impulsive, it was like, I didn't think about every little thing going on and I didn't give myself time. Mm -hmm. about it or to settle so much happened in that first month before I was officially moved here that it was like this crazy manic it's like my manic month like <laughs> I was going out constantly and I was just like meeting people and just ended up on a yacht and like the same things were happening and then when I got here I like kept that rolling until I was in solitude and it was almost like I was trying to avoid mm. you know the things going on in the background of my head and then when I couldn't anymore I was like whoa I came here for a reason have not been doing that and I'm like 
had a little bit of an existential crisis. I 100%, I like called my family and was just like having this breakdown. Mm-hmm. Oh crap. It's the perfect place. It's exactly where I wanted to be, but like, how do I do this? You know? Yeah, absolutely. So in those moments when you were feeling um, small, I definitely experienced that because Los Angeles is like so big and it always seems so expensive. Oh, it is. That it made me feel really small. And I was like, how am I going to do this? Um, Just being one person, being one person, a young person, and then also a woman. Like that does play into how people treat you and the opportunities that are available to you. So when you were feeling small, I'm wondering, did you connect to your feminine in order to gain strength? Oh, 1000%. I felt like I was like getting lost, like lost in the sauce, which someone told me, which is like the craziest thing in an Uber before I even moved here. We, we were like staring at the sunset at 6 a.m. I was leaving this huge mansion and she was like, you have a beautiful soul. No one else notices these things. Like everyone else I've ever driven home at this time is like dead in the back, you know? Mm-hmm. She goes, be careful. Like, don't lose it. Don't get lost in this sauce. And it was like two months later. And I really had to honestly pull myself away from everything. I went into a little like hermit mode mm-hmm. and pull myself back to my roots and everything I grew and it was definitely pulling to my feminine side that I needed to pull to the strength of it and not just the sounds like the manipulation you know because you right there's there's femininity and there's mm, how do I explain it there's like that stereotypical male gazy femininity totally definitely upplayed out here that's oh yeah 1000 percent. what I was doing was definitely putting me in situations where I was being faced with that a lot and I think that I lost the strength in it and was get, getting kind of like manipulated and I was feeling lesser than more and mm-hmm. I had just worked so hard to not lose that like sense of self-love and value and the person I am and not for anyone else but myself so right. myself away from everything really because there's really two two aspects to most things now because most of our personality in general because we live in the United States right um has been commercialized marketed back to us in a way that is um like you feel very used, uh-huh. but capitalism uses you in that way. So there's the authentic side of your femininity that is true and natural and feels juicy and good. You can either use it as a strength in a way, if you know how to like hold your ground and your sense of self. I right now, obviously <laughs> with a princess pro- podcast and all that, I'm very much in the midst of like my own feminine journey and finding what is authentic to me. Um, I think that I started to explore my femininity like in 2016, the first time I dyed my hair pink. Love that. Because <laughs> I wanted to dye my hair pink all through high school and um, college. And my parents just kept telling me no. Oh. 
And I definitely did feel suppressed in my natural femininity. So I wanted to dye my hair pink in order to look like who I am on the inside on the outside. Oh, yeah. No, I went through that when I was first, like, really tapping into my journey. And I swear, I, like, cranked it up. (laughs) When was that for you? I would say, like, when I really hit, like, peak of formation that set sail, I would say, like, 20... 18 19 okay when I started getting into it and like like not getting into witchcraft or anything spiritual that was way before that was just in Mm. but when I really started to put focus on it was probably around 2018 2019 and then COVID hit and I went through this super dark period. Like I was given like forced perspective. Mm. You know, the my ballet company closed down. Everyone was like in quarantine. I went through some family traumas, some boy issues, and it just like shot me down. I was so low, and I think that I kind of turn to my spirituality to to pull me out of the rut and that's when the divine feminine like came into me yeah blending your femininity and your spirituality Mm -hmm. yeah so for those of our viewers who might not know why do I keep saying viewers it's not viewers it's listeners Mm -hmm. (laughs) gee um for our listeners who might not know what is the divine feminine what would you um If someone who's never heard of it before, what is the divine feminine? Yeah, okay. So everyone is, like, every soul has feminine and masculine energy. And in some people, the masculine energy presents itself more. And some people, the feminine energy, you know, presents itself a little bit more. has nothing to do with gender either. Mm. it's so confused and on my TikTok I've definitely had to explain that a few times and been like no 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 you can be a divine feminine because it's it's like embracing your stereotypically feminine qualities as in like life-giving empathy intuition like heart chakra energy like a heart centered place compassion Mm -hmm. um wisdom all of the things that are connected with in my eyes motherhood like Mm. divine motherhood mother nature like that energy absolutely and that's inside each of us Mm -hmm. And something I wanted to point out is none of the qualities that you just listed are bad mm-hmm. or weak at all. It takes mm-hmm. immense personal strength to exercise real empathy. Yeah. But so often these feminine traits like uh, nurturing and soft softness, like a heart softness, mm-hmm. um, emotional intelligence even is positioned as a weakness um, 
in our patriarchal society so that there's a quote reason or rationale as to treat women and feminine presenting folks as lesser than oh yeah no I've definitely found that too that being very feminine is often undermined Mm. you're very much like you're constantly having to battle this perception that because you're a little more girly, you know, presenting that you're weak. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not that at all. Like I'm secretly the most powerful, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, dude. Silent but deadly. Oh my gosh, I love it. Like, that is so funny. That just made me think about when I was pitching this podcast. Yeah. This is so funny. Because this podcast does have, for me, significance with my divine femininity and my connection to it. Uh-huh. And I went to pitch this podcast, and I won't say who I was pitching to. <laughs> um, But let's just say I wasn't expected to get into the room. Okay. okay. And I did my pitch. I like pulled out a tiara <laughs> from oh, my purse. I'm staring at three right now. Oh my gosh. I love you're, you're <laughs> gonna have to show me. Um, but I pulled out my tiara from my purse, I put it on my head, and I started my pitch. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, they were terrified. No, it's scary. They were terrified of me, even to the point of, even though I had the best pitch all day, they like called, not me, but called my boyfriend at the time and said, hey, tell her we don't want her back. Oh, literally. They were actually terrified of me. Like grown ass adults couldn't even call me, even though I had the best pitch of the day. Isn't that crazy? So... For one reason or another, whether people are um, afraid to be considered weak mm-hmm. and also I think, so the panel that I was pitching to had one woman and I believe it was like three men mm-hmm. and being confronted with feminine strength also seems to be scary for, for others interacting with it if they're not comfortable with their feminine side. Oh, yeah. I've recognized that. Yeah. um, I've definitely noticed that people are scared of it mm-hmm. and scared of embracing it because it's it has been ingrained in us to, if you're feminine, you're weak. If you're masculine, you're strong. Like it over and over and over again. And not even just in my lifetime, not just my grandma's lifetime, like my mom's lifetime, but in history, women have been pushed down because femininity is scary. I think that men and even women now have pushed it down so much and made it feel like such a little thing to be a woman because they've changed our perceptions of what femininity is and if it's allowed and that it is weakness. And I think when now women are taking back their power and taking back their power in pink, or, you know, <laughs> yes, in some way, yeah, that it's like, whoa, everything we did, they just took it, flipped it and reversed it on us. That's not fair. Like, totally. I mean, the pink tax, 
that's a thing and oh we're God. over here like mm, you know what <laughs> what if I, I do most this? recently felt that so hard when I went to buy deodorant oh my gosh yeah at like the drugstore and I they have them I thought this was sneaky they have the male deodorant line on a different aisle than the than the feminine mm-hmm. or marketed to female deodorant and it's the same it's the same yo it's literally the same thing but it's gonna cost me like seven dollars more for the for the least expensive one. Oh yeah and I'm just like pulling that out of my butt but I did notice that it was an incredible price jump just because it was being marketed to me as a woman oh yeah and I'm someone who likes roses and lavender like I want to <laughs> smell pretty yeah and I'm getting charged more for it that's not cool yeah like, I'm sorry I could pay less like I have bought men's deodorant but it doesn't have the same effect it's like I don't want to smell like the woods the names are so funny if I'm gonna smell like woods it better be a fairy woods oh my gosh (laughs) literally no it's so crazy that you say that because I actually fully if I were to go off the rails and embrace the divine feminine in like the most freeing sense. I always tell my family this. I'm like, don't be surprised when I just fall off the face of the earth and somehow you like find a photo of me running through like the woods naked, like in a cottage picking berries. Like that's my dream. Genuinely. That's the goal. I'm like, (laughs) I was talking to my my father about it the other day. And because there's this little forest place in Austria. My family is um, German on my dad's side. And we used to go when I was younger. Mm. And it's like this, it's called the Enchanted Forest. And I was obsessed with it when I was younger. And it's in the middle of the woods. And there are all these like fairy tales, these Grimm's fairy tales things. And like this little circle that's like the witch's circle. And there's a video or a photo of me somewhere like like lying in this circle when I was like six years old, like I was obsessed <laughs> with the place. Soaking and it up. I told my father the other day, I was like, that's the dream. Like I want to live there basically and just run around in pretty dresses. And he goes, if you do that now, you're crazy. And he's like, but if you do that after you have your whole career, he goes, they'll call you eccentric. And I was like, that is so funny. Yeah. Isn't that true? Yeah. Because think about Lady Gaga. If like I walked around in a meat dress right now, <laughs> this woman has gone off the rails. But if I do it like after I have an entire career, oh, she's crazy, but she's eccentric. She's an artist. I'm like, oh, wow. Right. That's so strange because crazy and eccentric at the base do mean the same thing. Mm-hmm. So on one side, you can't get out of it. Mm-mm. You know, like you're going to be posi- positioned as an other Because, you know, masculinity is considered the norm, but depending on how you do it, we'll just think you're crazy in a different way. Oh, yeah. In this space and spirituality, guides, friends, mentors, I have one that, oh my gosh, you'd love her. And she defines witch as a woman in tender commune with herself. Oh, and I thought it was the most beautiful thing in this world because that's genuinely how I feel but 
And that's what it is. It's embracing that. And it's not just tell witches us. Don't, witches don't exist. I'm like, um, no. excuse me. <laughs> exactly. I was like, well, um, I'm here. Thank you. Um, I, I do exist. Hello. I'm not a figment of your imagination. Um, but it doesn't have to mean religious. No. God, no. And I think that it's when I first got into witchcraft more in the sense of like, I wanted to study it for myself more and be more practical about it as opposed to when I was younger, when I was really young, it was like, I was a witch, but I wasn't, I was just doing witchy things and not knowing why I was doing it. Like Uh I used to spend hours just like running through the woods, collecting like glass bottles, all of this, didn't know why I was doing it, talking to like plants and (sighs) spending time by myself. I definitely went down a path where I thought that I needed to be more strict with what I did. And so I was fully Wiccan for a little bit Mm. and just following that entire concept. But then I realized once I got more comfortable and had more knowledge and stuff that, oh, I can pick and choose from different people's ideals. And I'm definitely a little bit more chaotic. Like I'm a chaotic witch, but you know. I still do what you do. I still put my moon water out, but <laughs> I don't know. I might do something wild. Like, so you do consider yourself a witch? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I know uh, just because I'm a fan of yours uh, <laughs> that you work with Aphrodite. Are you guys still pretty close? Oh, yeah. I work with her constantly. She is my mom. She is my, she's my everything. How I- did you start working with her? How'd you meet so- her? Everyone asks me that and I'm like, I don't even know how to describe it. I was just, this was when I was in my really low point and I was trying to study more about the divine feminine and tap into it. And I think I really lost myself. Like my spirit was fully broken and somehow I just, I was really meditating a lot and um, working on astral projection was like a main focus because I just always wanted to study it and always, so I was really working on that. And I had a whole experience and I just knew like through I I didn't even know I like pulled the name Aphrodite out of thin air I knew who she was from like Latin class when I was younger Mm. and from reading random like Greek mythology and I was seeing all of these signs and I was meditating I was constantly seeing this vision of like this woman and she was so loving and made me feel so warm and like Mm. comforted and I don't know if I can say this, but like sexually powerful, which I had never felt before. And like feminine sexuality is so frowned upon. Oh my gosh. So frowned upon. And I even had like some problems with it. And now I'm like, oh no, it's power. That is pure power. And then it was just kind of a, a collection of that. And it just grew and grew. And now I work with her constantly and making offerings to her all the time. I like will meditate and try and communicate with her though when I was growing up I grew up in like the uh Christian religion oh I was Roman Catholic so I was baptized in the Vatican or my first communion was at the Vatican isn't that funny you are are you no I'm I'm dead serious in Rome how do you get there we just had like family friends that were working there so they brought us along me and my sister had our first communion there and it was crazy because now considering what I am, what I promote, what I do. And I'm like, <laughs> joke's on you. <laughs> I, like, my first communion 
was at the Vatican of all places. That is so wild. I didn't even know that they did that. Like yeah. when I think of the Vatican, I think of mm, the supreme seat of religious power, you know? Oh yeah. No, it's crazy. But working with um, Aphrodite and we're talking about religious power. So you kind of understand. So if you were Catholic and I was Christian, female sexuality, I felt was villainized even oh, to the was. point of me being a villain for my entire uh, uh, puberty. I definitely thought that I was a monster. I was um, this this evil presence meant mm-hmm. to meant to hurt other people. That oh, my yeah. female sexuality would hurt other people if yeah. I didn't quote control it or whatever. Oh, so working sure. now like on connecting to the divine feminine myself, that has been oh, <laughs> revolutionary for Girl. me. Uh-huh. I even wrote a play about like succubi. Love that. That's and how so like odd. female sexuality is villainized. Oh yeah. That's it's not I'm, done, but right now I'm literally, I've more been tapping into my dark divine feminine. Cause I'm, I'm a light girl, but yeah, you know, you reach a point and I realized, Oh, I've been allowing myself with this divine feminine power, but I've still been allowing myself to have people take my empathy and my intuition and my n- nurturing abilities. Like against me 1000% because I will every single time over and over and over again, get fooled by it. And then hearing stories. And I am definitely a person that you can talk to because I'm a comforter. And so I just make a space that feels warm and you're able to trauma dump on me quite easily. And I will take it upon myself, but then I want to help. And I realized I was constantly just, it was a cycle and it was hurting me more than it was helping helping you know I was I was putting them way way above myself absolutely and now I've reached my point and so I was like okay I think I need to reevaluate some things and maybe I need to focus on my power in saying no in setting boundaries in yes I'm so happy for you I have a list on my phone I wrote this the other day and I sent it to my mom my mom was so proud of me I had a breakdown like two weeks ago over this situation over this boy but don't worry because the music's coming out and it's gonna be so I literally wrote in my notes the other day and sent it to my mom, but it's a list. And it says things that I will no longer tolerate because I need to set rules for myself. I need to set boundaries. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a list maker and I'm a rule follower. And so I'm like, if I set these rules for myself, I need to follow them. And so I have never done this before. My boundaries like have been wishy-washy because my emotions and my lovingness overthrow that. So it's Mm -hmm. like, you know what? A little, a little, no, never hurt. It never hurt. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. That is a great way to describe the dark feminine. The dark divine feminine is your power in no. Yep. Oh, girl. (laughs) I feel like I just had a revelation. (laughs) It's crazy, right? Because identifying the dark feminine has been kind of, it's kind of tricky, right? Because we have love and light feminine and sometimes that can get turned into toxic positivity yeah. or something like that but the dark feminine is your power in the no oh yeah 
Oh, that makes me feel so good. Oh my gosh, I'm glad. (laughs) That made me feel good too. What I find like so crazy about the dark feminine or the divine dark feminine is I think of, it just makes me think of like the villain era that we have all been going through over the last year, you know, and saying like, Uh oh, I'm in my villain era now. And we start to dress still like femininely, but with this dark side. And it seems so revolutionary that oh my gosh all of a sudden I have boundaries and that makes me a villain that makes me a bad guy isn't that crazy like boundaries it's for such women a crazy revolutionary. no literally it's like oh boundaries equal Maleficent I'm so confused <laughs> isn't that I'm like, okay with sad? it though honestly but I it's shouldn't so have sad. to be the bad guy it makes me think of my play again And like how I felt in the Christian church that like, just because I exist and I'm a woman and because I'm human, I am expected to have some kind of sexuality. And those three put together Mm -hmm. means that I must be bad if I'm not completely subservient to the patriarchal power. Right. How does that make you feel? It's crazy. Gee. (laughs) Honestly, it feels so, it's kind of embarrassing. Like, Mm -hmm. How are we going to allow ourselves to think that way? But at this point, I'm just fully embracing it. And I'm like, if I'm the bad guy for standing my ground, well, then so be it. I guess I'm a villain. And we shouldn't feel bad about that. But letting go Mm -hmm. of the need to please everybody, letting go of the need to have everybody like me, one, that's a difficult journey Mm -hmm. in itself. And two, I shouldn't feel bad. Major people pleaser over here. Yeah. And also just feeling the need that it's my duty, not as a woman, but my duty as the person I am and the power I've been given, this intense amount of empathy and this, I don't know, sense of intuition and vision and being able to like see people for more than just surface. Mm-hmm feeling like, oh, because I have this, it is my my job and it is my duty to hurt myself in the process of trying to heal someone else. Like it's but there's expected. only it's expected of me. And I expected that of me. And there's and I'm really trying to set that boundary for myself to be like, there is a limit. Honestly, I don't remember exactly what the saying, but it's insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting yes. a different result. Yes. And I realized I wrote something. There's the lyrics somewhere. If it's gonna, if it's gonna end up coming out in a song, if I don't know if I'm gonna end up releasing that song, but I wrote that in one of the songs because I was just talking about how I was making the same mistakes or I was falling for this thing over and over again. And I was like, insanity is my best friend because I do the same thing over and over again. Yeah, definitely. I'm an artist. I already know by nature I'm gonna be crazy. Like. <laughs> I'm not normal in any way, but <laughs> fuck it. What's I wasn't normal? Born to be. Exactly. I wasn't born to be. That's not my path. Listen, I, I have my struggles. Every, every few days, I'm like having a little breakdown because I'll write something and I'll love it for a month. And then I'll listen to it or read it back. And I'm like, this is garbage. Everything's garbage. Set it on fire. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> No, and your self-critic is so loud. Yeah. Because you take all the voices from your life and they do stick with you. Like, 
I mean, with this one person that I'm writing a lot about now and is honestly one of the main reasons that I was like, dark divine feminine coming in. I was like, boundary time, baby. Like, break it, it all down. Destroy everything and <laughs> like, you got to reevaluate. But with this person, our connection was so incredibly wild. And it, oh gosh, it was like a year and a half. But the way we met was through crazy. Like, I've never had a connection with someone like this. Like, I genuinely, in all beliefs, think that he is my like mirrored reflective twin flame. I was not going to say that, but that's totally what I was thinking. No, he 1000% is. He's a exact reflection of me in the dark side. And Mm. he forced me to bring perspective because I was like, oh, you are a a reflection of me. But when we came into like our souls came into contact was during the great conjunction. No. Yep. Which only happens once every like 300 years or something. Would you tell our our viewers who don't know? Yes. Okay. So the great conjunction is this huge like planetary shift. It's it major powerful this you know this huge portal for change and it opens up this spiritual kind of aura Mm -hmm. that if you are in tune to it you can use to your ability or I don't know if you're not necessarily aware of it and then just some crazy shit's happening to you maybe maybe think about it but (laughs) (laughs) but um it's Jupiter and Saturn and they are the closest together in the sky and it only happens every, not yeah, ever, ever so often. And so it was on that day. Um, and it was so crazy. Cause when I'm, when I met him, like he was obviously, he was like writing and making music and stuff. I wasn't yet. Oh, I've been writing my entire life, but not in a lyrical format. It's always been poetry and like Mm. free writing and I've but music has played such a huge part in my life to the point that I used to go to like I still do go to concerts or or like festivals alone because I consider it church so Mm. when I'm down bad and I've been doing this since I was young I used to like make my mom take me to this and then the second I could I started doing it alone would find like the nearest concert did not matter who it was, did not matter if they were known. I I don't care if the ticket was like literally $5. Like I would find it when I needed it and go and stand in the audience and like feel that immense energy. Cause I don't know something, it just takes over me, but I never made the connection. It was like, I've been singing my whole life. I've been writing my whole life. Like what? Just over my head. Like just completely lost it. And he was he was doing it. I've dated a lot of musicians, never mm-hmm. even like clicked in my brain. And um then I was, you know, presented with him making music and stuff and it felt different. And then the separation happened and I was out here alone. Oh. I went to it. This is I was literally having a breakdown over something went to a concert at the troubadour alone it's my like first or second official week here um and after that a friend of mine who works in music texted me and was like hey what's going on I was like I just left the troubadour like just you know (laughs) I went to church and and he goes let's let's karaoke I was like okay he goes come to the studio so I went to the studio I get there and he goes I don't sing and I was like what do you mean you don't 
don't sing. And he goes, but a little birdie told me you did. <gasps> I've never like really sang in front of somebody. It's only been musical theater and stuff like that. Or in the car with my mom. Girl. I was literally so incredibly nervous. It took a little while for me to get comfortable. And then when I was going, I went for like four hours and I was like, keep going. And he told me at the end of the night, he goes, all right, come back next time. Like with a, vo- a verse and a chorus. I came back a week later with six fully written songs <gasps> and I haven't stopped since. Like I have not been able to stop since, but it like unlocked something in me. And I genuinely think that this guy had a huge part in it in like this whole reflection sense. And right. then also, I mean, I fully give it to my friend for somehow like yanking that out of me because that's I mean, I blame you for the fact that I've gone it like a little crazy <laughs> because I'm just constantly have lyrics in my head and I'm a perfectionist and need things to be finished. So mm-hmm. I'll get something in my head. And until I have an entire song surrounding that one, like three word phrase, I'm going crazy, like in my car. Like that's just, if I'm dissociating, that's what's going on right there. Um, but that's magical. That is magical. It's so crazy. But with him, I, um, after the full moon, like all of that stuff went down. I thought that I was going to, and I had a whole breakdown, cried on my floor and was on FaceTime or something, just like talking through things with my friend and she goes okay go like take a shower just you know you're pacing I know you well enough like you're having a panic attack go sit in the shower it's like Mm. okay I sat down in the shower let the water like run over me thought about like it just like pushing all of the negativity like surrounding me off me and I get like a lyric in my head and then I ended up writing an entire song within like a 30 minute span in the shower and I had to like run out fully sopping wet to grab my (laughs) notebook I'm like (laughs) sitting in the shower with a pen like dripping wet all over my notebook and like finish an entire song about it and it was just like oh okay that's over like it's done girl you got there. You got, I got to that there. Place it took so much that it was leading you there all along to, to connect with yourself in a new way that you had never really thought of before. Because mm-hmm. you landed in that creativity spot, the music spot where your heart could could fully speak, and you could really listen to yourself through your music. Oh, one thousand percent. Like I think that my my spirituality and my that voice inside of my head that is constantly going on that I'll often like not suppress but I will lose track of it Mm -hmm. I think that when I'm writing I was explaining this to my my friends my family that it's not I'm not using my rational brain I'm using whatever that is and whatever comes out on the paper is genuinely how I feel Mm -hmm. because I can say one thing and then I'll read something I wrote and it's powerful and it's strong and it's opposite of what I've been saying and I'm like wow that's me I wrote that pen and paper like it's in front of you Mm -hmm. it's a great way to get to know yourself that was how the the like whole decision to really tap more into the dark divine was through Mm -hmm. honestly through my writing and stuff because it was like okay I've been writing this stuff and this is powerful like it's mean is it like attackative (laughs) like is it on the nose? Yeah. It was genuinely like another voice in me. Does it feel, feel like, um, like a magical practice? Like, do you ever use music in your magic or magic in your music? Uh, yeah, I definitely do use 
witchcraft and magic like in my music and in my writing process now I've brought it in the other day I was actually I was trying to finish this one chorus and verse section and I just was like thinking about it too hard and so I went to like a little meditative state and set an intention and I kind of I didn't even see it lyrically I saw it through like visuals like what I would wanted to see in a future music video for like that okay and so it's so weird right I know I sound no I love it I actually had very similar thoughts yeah no and And I've been doing that a lot more recently, just when I get stuck is just kind of taking myself out of it. Because I think that when I'm, when I get into a place of meditation, or when I get into a spot where I'm like, really just letting everything go, things will come to me more naturally, and they'll come to me more divinely than me trying to force it. Absolutely. And that creativity, especially in you, I definitely see it in you. Mm -hmm. That creativity is just waiting for you there. Yeah. You know, to open yourself up, um, kind of breathe, breathe through it, but it's always kind of there surrounding you for whenever you're ready. Yeah, I think so too. I definitely, I've been doing something in the arts or in a performance space my entire life. And it's weird. I'm like, I've, I've loved it no matter what I've loved what I was doing, but it's almost like it didn't feel quite right. Hmm. It was like the shoe was just a little bit small. I love I loved what I was doing and I was happy and I was doing it well, but I still felt like there was more. Mm-hmm. And there was more and I didn't know where it was. And so when I left my my company and I came out here, I was in such a place right before where creatively I was lost. Oh, my friend. I was like, so just confused I was like well what am I if I'm not just a classical ballerina or like you know what I mean and music had never really I loved it and I was and always has been such a intense part of me and so is writing and so I thought for a while like I was writing a lot my parents put me in college for a month um testing a theory (laughs) <laughs> I was never supposed to go to college. So when I left my company, it was like a sense of control. They sent, they, they applied and I went. I um, see. I see. I ended up not going for very long. It's been an intense journey and I've definitely had my, my little moments. And I know that the people surrounding me have also had their moments. My dad, when I first, cause we were just kind of building a relationship mm-hmm. more in the past few years my parents are divorced and I never lived with my dad and stuff um so when I left my company and I came out to Vegas to be closer to LA and he lives there we were trying to like build our relationship as I'm and I'm older now you know I'm not a little kid so it's a different form of a relationship and he didn't know everything about me whereas like my mom has been my best friend my entire life my mom is Mm -hmm. my soulmate like We've never had a mother-daughter relationship necessarily since birth. It's like best friends. That's so sweet. It's literally the craziest connection with her. And, um, but my dad like really didn't know all of the things that go on in my life. And he definitely didn't know to the extent of like my witchery or like <laughs> my, my little crazy hippie artist side. And so mm-hmm. at first he was like shell shocked. He was like, I'm like, I'm doing witch shit. <laughs> and he had 
she was like, called my mom. I was like, is she crazy? She's a little crazy. <laughs> but then it was, we had this super deep conversation about it and just about, about life and about our different paths. Cause my dad is a businessman. Like he's a capital venturist and he's incredibly smart and determined. And he's not even from this country. He came here when he was like 19. Wow. Um, yeah. Sold a software system. Like it's crazy. And, but very, very different path than I have. Um, Definitely. very different mindset than I have, you know? Um, but we kind of just had a long conversation related the two in a way. And, set a, a boundary of like understanding, like, okay, I get my hundred years. You get your hundred years, you know, so-and-so. Um, yeah. and came to a place of respect. It sounds like it, it was, it was definitely a place of respect. And then he, um, knew from me, like being there for a few months about full moon and like the new moon, he started to keep track of it. And so, which was the cutest thing. And I also gave him a crystal and he still keeps it by his bed. He oh. thinks it's bullshit probably, <laughs> but it's still there. And that means something. Absolutely. Um, but he came up to me one full moon and I was sitting out on the balcony, um, just like having my little moment. I like my water out there, my crystals. I was like meditating and I was literally sitting there just staring up at the moon and having a conversation with her. Like I do that. I'm, you know, Beautiful. that's my mom. And when she's out at her finest, like, hell yeah, I'm going to sit out there and sound like a crazy person and talk to her. Like, I love that. It's the best thing. And it he came so up and he walked, walked onto the balcony and like opened the door and was like, Hey, I don't mean to interrupt. And I was like, no, you're fine. Like, and he, he goes, I just found these for you. And he goes, I've had them for so long. And I looked at him and I was like, well, what, what, what are you talking about? Like, and he gives me a pair of binoculars <gasps> that he's had since like he was a kid. Oh like, my and he went, he went hunting for them in the house, I guess. And he handed them to me and gave me these binoculars. And I looked through the binoculars and I saw the moon like even closer. And I started crying and, and it was just such a, I, I don't, for me, it was such a moment of just like, he's really trying to get it. And like, he's starting to understand it. And now our family group chats all like, Bo, it's a full moon. What you doing crazy? <laughs> and he's like, He's like, all right, I have some people in my life that like are hurting me. How do I burn them away? <laughs> like, it's my family so great. They're like, what do I do with these ashes? Like, I'm like, return them to nature, return them to nature. And he's like, oh, <laughs> my crazy, like my strict German Leo dad is like running around spreading ashes and being like to mother nature. Like I released this person. I can only imagine, but it's so funny. But That's the so binoculars gorgeous. moment was just such a thing for me. And now like, with writing and everything, it's honestly opened his eyes too a lot to my life and my experiences that he never, he didn't necessarily like see firsthand or wasn't involved in. But then reading it lyrically, he's like, wow, I'm, it's crazy that these are your experiences. And it's sad that you have experienced them in some ways. And he's like, but it's also kind of amazing because I can read a, I can read a page and a half of lyrics and know this entire thing. Yeah. And like every emotion, I'm like, yeah, because I swear it doesn't, it comes from me, but it comes from somewhere so much like deeper. It's like, I'm spilling every single ounce of emotion that I felt during that time onto the page or mm -hmm. like, I love divine creativity. What I find so beautiful about that story with you and your dad 
Mm -hmm. is the level of or type of respect, acceptance, and support. Mm -hmm. Because Uh it's one thing to like respect someone and say, oh, well, I'm not going to stop you, but I'm not going to be a part of it. I'm going to let you do whatever you need to do separately from me. Right. And then acceptance and support talking to you about it and then even trying to interact with it themselves in order to like uh relate to you yeah that's a whole different level it was and it was such a small like almost unspoken moment like he walked out and I was just doing my thing and he knew that and he came out and was so respectful of that and he was like I didn't want to interrupt you and I know you like to be alone and he goes and then you know and it was just such a I don't know. It was just such a moment for me and for him too. Cause it was like, he saw the happiness that I had. And though he might not necessarily understand it fully, cause he doesn't have that same connection to the moon mm-hmm. uh, or to, you know, that said he was really trying and he saw the joy it made me feel. And that made him feel joy. Oh, that's so beautiful. I Do you know. see the divine masculine in your dad? I definitely do. And I, I, I definitely see like the way certain things have had effect on him. And that's why our relationship is now able to form, I think a little bit more, cause I'm a little more in tune to that. Gosh, that is so beautiful. Oh, my friend. Well, what are your hopes for the future? What do you want uh, to see yourself do or accomplish um, going forward? What are you hoping for? I'm definitely hoping for success in what does that mean? <laughs> or, oh, not just like financial success, honestly, could could care less about. I mean, I'm all about abundance and I'm all about, I want to bring that into my life, obviously. But if it doesn't come from creative pursuits, I would rather live under a bridge and write music or live under a bridge and preach about like the moon than not. <laughs> than so be working cool. a sad job that I'm unhappy in. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I have a futon. So you don't need to be under a bridge if you don't want to be under a bridge. Okay, cool. (laughs) But if you really love the the bridge vibes. Definitely continuing on. I can't wait to release some stuff that I'm working on. I'm just a little bit of a perfectionist. So until everything's like fully done and I have probably want to have music videos along with it before I release things. Yeah. I'm excited about that. My goals, like big goals I have certain places that I definitely want to perform that I just have connections to in my own life yeah you want to manifest that that's what I get into truth on the on the internet I'll manifest it okay so I don't have I have a time frame in mind but I'm not going to necessarily share that part but I did write a letter to myself awesome and it's supposed to be opened I carry it in my um in my tote bag with me, every single place I go, it's a letter to myself um, that I'm supposed to open when this happens. So, but with that being said, I do have these two music festivals in mind that are places I really, really want to perform at some point. One is called MBT. It's in Tampa. It's an alternative festival. It's called NBT because it stands for next big thing, but it's all of these really small, like, 
alternative and indie artists that yeah go there when they're really small so I used to go every single year when I lived out there and that's one of the places that I'm like if I that 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 would be one that I would awesome even as a small artist because that's what it's meant for Mm -hmm. and it would be such a full circle moment that and then there's a music festival in um uh Delaware and it's called Firefly and it's an alternative music I know Firefly oh my gosh that would be the other one in college my friends used to go every year yeah I love Firefly I went um I went last year with my mom (laughs) oh my gosh my my mom and I have always like done those things together and I was actually dating a guy at the time my mom tried to get the guy to come with me and I was praying that he wasn't able to come (laughs) come because I wanted to go with my mom that's so nice. Well, we are all going to help you. Like that is spoken into existence. Everybody listening to this is, is helping you with that. I was wondering, this is just a random question. Do you see yourself working with Aphrodite like forever? I know it's like a little bit off track from what we were talking about, but um, I'm really interested in that. Do you think not not off track? I mean, she's always here. Um, I, I definitely do. I, I think I see some more connection with some other deities coming into my life right now. Would they happen to be Greek? Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but <laughs> I definitely, I definitely see that. I've, I've connected with Freya a lot more too, which is not surprising, but she's more powerful and more dark divine feminine than Aphrodite is. And I've been having a lot of like weird things with her. So I definitely see that. But Aphrodite, that's my that's my mom. That's my woman. That's my goddess. Love it. I see, continu- I see continuing working with her and with, with her energy for ever. <laughs> oh, I love that for you. Forever. I love that for you. So my friend, oh, I'm so glad we're friends now. Oh yeah, me too. Oh, Bo Electra for um, those of the listeners who might be like driving or away from the internet or something like that, where can people find you, connect with you, um, maybe find your music? Oh yeah. Okay. So music wise, I don't have anything out. As I said, I'm a perfectionist and I'm super recent. I have so many things written and finished and it's just like a matter of recording and getting everything to the extent that I feel is good enough to Amazing. share. But everyone who wants to follow that, I am like slowly dropping hints that I'm even making music on my TikTok and that'll probably be where- Oh, I saw them. Yeah, uh-huh. They're like, they've been little subtle hints that I've been building up and up <laughs> because I'm like, that's just such a whiplash for people. <laughs> like, guys, surprise. <laughs> I love that about you, that you, you really do see like the point in the pain or like the beauty and the pain. Yeah. You relish that and embrace it. And that is such a, that's such a valuable thing to be able to do in terms of emotional intelligence and self-management and like regulation, like dealing with your emotions and stuff. And something very few people actually have a grasp over. I feel like I have a grasp over that in my brain, but not in my heart. Yeah. It's been a process. I think that for a while, like I really did go through a phase where I just didn't want to let anybody in or anybody to see me weak, quote unquote, because that's what I was raised in was this whole like weakness or like 
emotion is weakness, tears are weakness, pain is weakness. And, you know, and so I didn't want to show that for a while and I got very guarded. And then when I just, when I started my spiritual journey and I started like really tapping into this divine side of me and this empathetic place and this understanding of my emotions and others' emotions and just all of that, I kind of just broke down those walls for me and made me realize like, no, pain is real. Pain is a part of life. These like heavy, intense emotions or like, I, I don't know, these breakdowns when you're releasing your trauma into like words, it's real. Like you get a song, I don't know. I think I'm trying to think of an example, like Back to Black by Amy Winehouse. Mm. That song is lyrically so intense, but it's such a bop that you're just like, oh, like singing along. But once you start writing yourself or once you start really like listening to lyrics, and I've always been a lyric person, you start to think more about like the processes that went into that and the the experience that she had to have to write that in the first place. Totally. And, like so many songs like that, like Billie Eilish's I Don't Want to Be You Anymore comes to mind. One of my favorite songs to karaoke, love that song. <laughs> um, but that, that song is so painful and so heavy, but it sounds so beautiful and we can sing along to it. And when I started writing, I was like, oh, I get it now. Like, I get it. I get the, I get the craziness and I get the loss, but I feel like none of that, a lot of people don't share that with others. Right. You no, know, they go through it alone. And I'm it's like this mystical, mysterious, yeah, um, the room where it happens type deal. Uh-huh. I'm like, well, I'm an independent artist. So my bedroom or my car, 99% of the time is the room where it happens. Love it. Driving, which is so bad because <laughs> I don't have access to a pen and paper. My voice memos go crazy because it's just like me singing random stuff while trying to merge links. Like dangerous. Oh my gosh. So but relatable. That's where it comes in. Like it's the worst. I Creativity will get you, you know, in, in any moment that you're waiting. Oh, it'll mm-hmm. it especially. does shower, uh, the car 99% of the time, like while I'm driving to work and then I'm sitting in the parking lot for my job, like trying to get this all down, like five minutes before I have to go teach class or something like that. Yeah. So I have been recording it. There's definitely some little, some tears. There's definitely some moments where I'm like singing something out loud. And then I like will get a thought in my head while I'm singing. I'm like, shit, that's it. That's it. That's it. Like, oh my God. And I'm like in a room alone. <laughs> oh, girl, you know what? You have inspired me. You have inspired me to sing again. I have oh, not sang in so long and just, you know, karaoke and music is such a, a fluid channel of emotion for me personally at this point in my life, because I'm not regularly suppressing myself. Yeah. So since my true self is on the surface so much more that when I sing, it's just right there to like bubble up and I often end up like crying, you know? Oh, me too. So I know that if I sing, I'm probably going to (laughs) cry. That's okay. But that's right. It's okay. And I shouldn't be afraid of, um, of experiencing my emotions, especially when I'm doing something I love like singing. So thank you for that. I think I will go karaoke later today, just like with YouTube. Yes, do it. Feel things and feel them hard. And also I asking about like music and witchcraft and music, music and magic. 
music is a form of manifestation, just like an affirmation. Anything mm. you say out loud is something you're putting out there, right? Yeah, so positive one, or negative. One, that's a warning for anyone who's, you know, listening. Be careful. <laughs> Being out loud. Absolutely. Be careful. Be cognizant because I have so many playlists on my Spotify right now. So even though- I love your Spotify. There is a- mecca like a whole place for everyone to find something that they like for any sort of mood but my I think my I'm gonna drop my uh, little little promotion I guess no yep that's this is the time for that where can we find you in the kingdom um, Bo Electra on everything it's just my name Snapchat Instagram TikTok and also I believe my Spotify you could just search Bo Electra and it'll come up Wonderful. And that is um, B-O-E-L-E-C-T-R-A, correct? Yes. Sick. So we can find you there on any, pretty much any platform. Literally any platform. And I will also say, go check out her Spotify. So you're going to drop your stuff on your Spotify as well, right? Yeah, I will be dropping stuff in the future on Spotify, probably on SoundCloud, probably like any streaming platform when it does come out. But amazing. In the meantime, if you are a playlist person and you have a certain vibe that you want to find, I have everything. Um, Oh, it's awesome. I've literally, I have a playlist for like how it feels, like how it feels to me to be falling in love on film. And it's all songs like Mm -hmm. that. Or like, I have a playlist for the divine feminine, the divine masculine, the divine um, androgynous, like, I love your playlist. Do it for Aphrodite. Oh, that's what I've been listening to on repeat. Really? Oh yeah. This whole week. I literally listen to that playlist all the time. I want to get so good. You want to what? I want to get that tattooed somewhere. Beautiful. I'm so excited for you. You are going places. Thank you so much for being on the show. It is so nice to get to know you. And I don't know just watching you from afar and like rooting for you this whole time being able to connect with you like this mm-hmm. it's just been such a you just made my day on like so many levels yeah. no this is so great I like I'm so excited that someone actually one has like been watching my content because don't be like don't think that I think that I'm something I don't <laughs> <laughs> but you will be and you're getting there but I will be and I want to be and that's what I'm working towards so hearing someone being like they they've been watching my content for a year is already just so crazy to me and then being able to like actually talk about it in a form that's not a a seven second video is so different you know yeah well I can't wait to introduce um the rest of the kingdom to you I can't wait for you guys to connect with each other make friends because that's what we're all here to do we're here to empower each other and support each other um So that being said, I have one last question for you. It's the question that everybody gets asked on the show. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. (laughs) What is one tip you could give us for living your royal life? That is so tough. I think don't fear vulnerability. That would be my biggest tip. Absolutely. Because your vulnerability is not weakness. It can be a source of power. A huge source of power. Don't fear the, the emotion. Don't fear the empathetic behaviors or 
honestly yeah. like let it in and use it to your advantage oh that's beautiful that's that beautiful that's my that's my vibe that's what I'm putting out there oh I, I love it a big part of me thank you so much again oh you're so you're so wise I can't wait for everyone to hear this I can't wait Isn't she marvelous? She's marvelous. I am so happy. I feel like I made a new friend. And honestly, that's all I ever want. That's all I ever wanted. Like, that's why we're here. We are here to be with each other, create community, make friends, support each other, uplift each other. I am just so grateful. She has gotten me newly inspired about everything I'm doing, the podcast, being myself, embracing who I am. Lately, I've felt a lot of pressure to conform and it, it does not feel good. <laughs> but it is so nice to um, have someone I can look up to in the sense of owning one's individual power. And so we're, I'm just really grateful that she wanted to be on the show. And I hope that you were able to learn a little bit about your own femininity and how you can use it um, as a source of power and strength uh, in your life. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of it. It's here. It is uh, sometimes queer. It's queer for me. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's just good. feels good. Follow her on Spotify so that you can be the first one there when she releases her new music. Uh, listen to her playlists. She has bomb playlists. And follow her on TikTok, on Instagram, anywhere at all, at Boelectra. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That can help the show grow more than anything else. And we're going to have another episode back next Monday, like every single Monday. And until then, we can continue the conversation over on Instagram and TikTok at Princess Project Podcast. So if you have anything you would like to share about the divine feminine, the dark feminine, how you connect to your feminine side, let us know over on Instagram and TikTok. And until next time, go out there and live your royal life. Toodaloo!